Hi everyone and welcome to episode 169 of Final Fantasy Union. I'm your host Daryl and I'm here with Lauren. Hi guys. How are we today Lauren? Uh, <laughs> That's good, I like it. Yeah, we are both currently not, not feeling... Not feeling too great, but we're trying to keep the energy up. Yeah, most people, uh, and I can imagine I'm going to get lots of questions about this this week, actually. If, oh, did you have a nice relaxing Easter weekend? No. No, we didn't. No. No, it's been uh, a, a lack Ear of sleep deprived. Yeah, yeah, no sleep. It's been great. Lots of chocolate, lots though. Of, lots of R&R. It's been... Yeah. Well, actually, it's been quite the opposite of that. Yeah. But we have been able to catch up with some things. Yeah, we actually released a video, which was... Yep. Solid. I got to watch Robin Hood. Yeah, yeah you got to good. experience it the first time with little Addy. Which has inspired today's topic, actually, Ooh. which uh, which is, uh, we're talking about nostalgia and, mm. and the goggles that people wear and kind of what that has meant for Final Fantasy, because we've talked about it before in terms of certain parts. Um, I think we're going to try and talk about it again, but in a slightly different way. So I hope you guys are, are down with that. Mm. And then we've also got some news. It's not to, like there's... The news has been very limited. Yeah. Some yeah. of it's kind of sad. But... but we do have some April Fool stuff to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they really pulled out all the stops this year at Square Enix. Well, some of them did. Yeah. Some of them did. But anyway, for uni folks who are listening for the first time, Final Fantasy is part of a podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union, and it's presented by the Gaming Union Network. We have a new show every Tuesday working in rotation with Kingdom Hearts Union and we come out on the iTunes store as well as FinalFantasyUnion.com. And we're now going to do our Patreon shoutouts and this is for everyone who has pledged $2.50 or more per episode. And we're going to start things off, Lauren, with... Barry Norton at Nortron Zero. Then we have Lewis James. Blue Machine at Blue Machine. Chris Morales. Eric Decker at Choco Taco. Jonathan Gonzalez at... Oh, it's just Johnny. Marcus Karnecki. Josh McNabb. Michael Graham. Thorin Bullen at Massacre 23. Zach Duranto at ZDuranto58. William Trengove at Varnus Tixture. Mike. Dustin Smith. Tyson Wildman at Ty Wildman1. Ishbel Ayala at Red Peppers. Billy Jackson at underscore Billy Jackson. Darren Matthews at Doomster73. Joseph Robertson at Pokemon Trainer J. Keith Field at The Mighty Keith. Mario Herker. Mike Shelley Donnelly at Curious Quail. Mahalik Kayam. Rachel Casterton at Urbion Ray. Vitanitas. Zelda Clone at Apes Type Novels. Zach Porter at Porter Paradox. Miles Ribbons. Richard Holman at Vex Lennon. Rob Porter at Squirty Bertie One. And David C. Yay! Yay! Thank, thank you, you everyone. guys, so much. Uh, in ways of announcements, we haven't really got too much to announce at the moment. The only thing is that we have our fan gathering coming out this mm-hmm. weekend i know which is crazy it's coming around super quick and we sold out as well which is really cool yeah um we've got some stuff happening uh on the day obviously um we've got our customary pub quiz yes which is going to be fun I've which daryl uh, has been struggling over well it's, it's the, the music <laughs> round over. the music round is something i'm, I'm it's very personal to me and i want to make sure that i choose things that are complementary to each other i want to make sure that it's, it's a good enough challenge but i also want to make sure that people don't feel too ostracized because with the first one we did i was just like right i'm gonna really see who got the chops here and uh i made it a bit too difficult yeah, you made some people cry. I did make some people cry. So I'm not going to do that this time, hopefully. Mm. Um, but we've got a triple triad tournaments, the Atrium tournaments. We're going to have the trading card game there to play. 
We may also have some other stuff that's unannounced. We'll see if how things pan out during the week. Yeah. Last minute changes, as yes. always. Yes. But yeah, if you're going to come down, then uh, it'd be great to see you guys. Yeah, definitely. All right. So our main topic is nostalgia today. Mm. As I mentioned, we've we've kind of talked about this before, um, probably towards the start of this year, actually, when we were looking at the different gameplay styles that have been implemented throughout the games and how over the time that they've they've kind of modified things um they've created some kind of weird situation where no one really knows what the final fantasy gameplay is anymore and you get people coming in at different times and it means different things to different people mm-hmm. um and i guess like with that in mind you know we looked at it from that one dimension but there's so many different aspects to consider and i think i do want to before we start off to really hone in and and, and kind of make people appreciate more just the different situation we're in now than we used to be so like obviously depending on the country you're in obviously depending on the country you are in then you would have come in at different points of the franchise and even uh despite the fact that laura and i were from different continents we came in at completely different points because of our ages yeah as well so like you know if you're in north america or japan you could have been there from the beginning final fantasy one but you know obviously lauren you came in at Final Fantasy VIII, correct? Yeah, yeah, because, um, I mean, we had a Nintendo, but it wasn't my console, so I couldn't actually, like, buy game. I never really thought about buying games and did, for it. And I guess no one actually ever bought any of the Final Fantasy games. No, no, we always had, like, the sort of basics, like Mario, and we had Zelda, and that kind of thing. Like, we never really, uh, we had Thunderbirds, which is fun. <laughs> But, like, I was a Genesis girl um, in my early years, and that's when I did, like, a, a great deal of gaming in my childhood. So, um, yeah, I wasn't able to join into the Final Fantasy stuff until PlayStation era. Mm. And, I mean, obviously, uh, the Japanese gamers had a, a kind of a, a more true experience because they had every single game. Uh, North America, obviously, only had uh, three of the first six. Yeah. And Europeans, uh, my kind... Uh, we didn't even know really the franchise existed until Final Fantasy VII, so you know that's that's a kind of a weird situation. But the 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 kind of because of how they did things, like if you're actually thinking about um, the different generations, so in in North America, Final Fantasy One came out in 1990, so it was three years after the Japanese release. They got Final Fantasy IV a year later. Yeah, which is bizarre. And then they got Final Fantasy VI three years after that. Uh, Final Fantasy VII then came three years after that, and then. You know, by the time we got to Final Fantasy X, you know, we basically, North Americans had 10, well, not 10 games, but they were up to Final Fantasy X within 10 years of the first release. Mm-hmm. So they had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven different games in a 10 year span, yeah. which is pretty crazy, really. And the Europeans, obviously, we came in at Final Fantasy VII, but we still had roughly the same thing. So we had four games in five years. <laughs> so, you know... Again, it's like if you if that's kind of when you came in. So even if you like Lauren skipped out on uh, the earlier like the the Nintendo Final Fantasy games, there was still kind of like that burst of games that, mm, that came definitely. And so like there was that c- kind of consistency. But then you know after Final Fantasy X, you then had to wait five years, five years for the next game. Then it was four years, and we've just had to wait six years, which yeah. is crazy. And you know, when you get people coming in, like Final Fantasy XII era, if we're, if we're saying that um, people are picking up when they're 16, 
for the first time well actually i think most people like i was like 12 13 you were young i think younger than that yeah um and same with kingdom hearts right people get into that when they're quite young people weren't even born when final fantasy 1 released in north america yeah or final fantasy 4 released in north america and some of them when final fantasy 6 came out some of them may have just been born when final fantasy 7 came out which is really bizarre as well um but yeah no i mean it must have been so hard to sort of think about marketing with uh, north america especially well probably no probably no europe especially because you know you're saying like this is final fantasy 7 okay where's one through six then like should i've played one through six before this yeah like i i just wonder how marketing companies are just like okay we're gonna market this game but it's like the seventh in the series but they're not really getting the first bit of it i think um i i I do remember some bits of marketing i actually remember a lot of my friends playing it which i was really surprised at because you know back in back in those days like we were into pc gaming but no one really talked about console gaming that much Mm. and it was weird to me that people that i because obviously you know again gaming was kind of like a nerd thing uh it's more kind of commonplace now but yeah, like people at school didn't really talk about gaming that much. Um, but I knew people that were quite popular that were playing Final Fantasy VII because they'd been marketed at so well. And I think they the way they pitched it was the fact that, you know, it, this this mega franchise is finally coming over from Japan. You can get you can ex, you can finally experience like what people have had over the last six iterations. Mm. I think that's kind of how they did it, just like saying like it's finally our time yeah. to, to to get a Final Fantasy game. Yeah. It's like we okay great. Why should why should I care again? Because but you yeah. should because it's like <laughs> it's every it's like one of the everything. And also like I can't think of another gaming franchise back then that was on number seven. Yeah, and that's true too. I mean, like it was. I to be honest though, I honestly never really thought about the fact that it was like the eighth game in the series. Anyway, like when I no, started, me neither. Like I just kind of remember just watching my brother play it and but granted i was that way anyway like i i i mean i know it's not a similar it's not the same thing but like i bought tekken 2 quite happily not knowing um of tekken 1 or not even intending to buy tekken 1 not knowing what it was well i think you know and like i just i just did that back then back back then back then um you know there wasn't really such sequels didn't really exist like there were numbered iterations of things but there wasn't really too much follow-on like you think sonic well, one and two and three I okay mean, yeah. so it's going to be consistent gameplay there's no story like you yeah you don't yeah. really there was no real you didn't need to play you didn't yeah. need to play the first they, one because it didn't were... really matter there wasn't any continuing story no like yeah like i could i only had sonic 2 so it didn't really matter if i didn't play sonic 1 at all because it was just whatever and even like with the mario i always i switch between it i say either mario or mario um but with that series like i mean you play a different game of the um first three and you're ha- you have like a completely different experience yeah with mario the second one well, like... like um but yeah no it's a fair it's a fair point like back then it didn't really it didn't really matter if you played the first one like it just they they you know, yeah, they I, had little bits, but it wasn't was, really that. I was so used to, I guess, from the Mega Drive era, 
and the SNES era just being conditioned that having a number on the end didn't mean anything because there were like there were so many trilogies that happened on the Mega Drive like Streets of Rage, Golden Axe, Road Rash, Sonic like there were just so many games that had these different numbers on them and it didn't mean anything like it just was like oh it's the the next it's an upgraded version of the game I previously played like Streets of Rage had a consistent story but I didn't care like oh I've got to play as a different character now that one's gone all right okay fine yeah it's not really a big deal <laughs> but yeah no um no it is a fair point um but i don't know what would have happened if i had come in if i had come in any earlier in the series like if i had come in um if i well if i had come in with an earlier game like i don't know how i would feel about final fantasy in general if i had just played i probably i was quite an open-minded gamer back then like the games i was playing um were a bit varied anyway so i think i probably would have been happy with it but like it would have been such a um a jarring experience playing final fantasy 1 and then playing final fantasy 8 like they're so completely different like if i if i had just played final fantasy 1 and then i just kind of let it go for a little while and then just like uh decided to come back in final fantasy 8 like I feel like it would be a complete, it would have been just really different. I guess it's like if now if somebody played Final Fantasy VII and then just started playing Final Fantasy XV and thought, is this the same thing? Like, what is going on here? Yeah. And that's the thing, like, you know, with with Final Fantasy XVI at this point, it's already been one and a half years since Final Fantasy XV came out. And, you know, if we're looking back in history, you know, there have been times where we would have already had another game already released by yeah, now or, or close to release or close to releasing so they could build on the momentum which we've talked about before the fact that they they don't seem to want to build on the momentum final fantasy 15 has been huge i guess because it's continuing they don't necessarily need to no. build on the momentum so much as they did before but like one of the, the one of the things I that like i said i was watching robin hood and i was looking at it and just going like well actually like the animation isn't that good in this um and you know if you compare it to current disney films they don't really do them in the same style anymore there is now like 3d animation and stuff but they their storytelling is very different i would say like robin hood was really mean like Mm -hmm. it's like the it doesn't doesn't skirt around like there's lots of talk about like executions beheadings like killing people and stuff and that's a film for everyone yeah guys um you know there's lots of oppression in there as well like there's very little happy like there there's limited happiness in that film until right at the end and you know i was thinking like with final fantasy um 12 13 15 there's been a lot of criticism about the story and the way they've they have played out and the older games don't really get that level of criticism like you know final fantasy one story is beyond basic like yeah there's nothing there's nothing there but i guess people give it a pass because it's so old yeah or they just give it a pass because they want to be hipster yeah that's that's also true um but like you know i think from a storytelling perspective you know i I think most people appreciate that the first three games probably weren't that great i mean there were severe limitations but you know when we're talking about final fantasy 6 people will still say that that is the best told story in the franchise mm. like without any kind of qualms about the fact that it's a very different mechanic to how they were told the story like there was 
the dialogue was more limited than you can get these days the development is more limited than you can have these days because i and i part of me is like well unless you keep going back to play final fantasy 6 um which i haven't done for a while actually but i've just done the kind of recap video for terra um you know unless you go back you don't really appreciate what that was what actually brought to the table like final fantasy 7 story was incredibly complicated and detailed and the way they told it was very smart um whereas you look at final fantasy 15 storytelling and it was very basic there was very little character development and like they chose to take things out of the game and put it in other places instead like the dlc or whatever final fantasy 13 they tried a similar approach to final fantasy 6 they just didn't do it as well but there are still people who would say that Final Fantasy Thirteen has the best storytelling. Is that just because they came in at that point and mm. then they can't necessarily appreciate or the they older... just hate they just get so fed up with how much hate Final Fantasy Thirteen gets? Because I see that a lot. Is that like people just get so fed up with people trashing a story that they just kind of like maybe at that that point in time when they were playing Final Fantasy Thirteen, they were looking at it completely differently and thinking like well no this actually isn't as bad as everybody says it is so they just fight back and saying that it's it is actually like really good like there's so many things that are really good and obviously they have the excuses of reading the data logs and stuff but it's like you kind of had that with the older games but you also didn't have that with the older games because at least everything felt pretty obtainable through the game yeah, like, and the older games had a much bigger reliance on secret cutscenes and like small little pieces of information that were quite easy to miss. Yeah, you didn't necessarily need them to to appreciate the game though. No. Because I played through Final Fantasy VIII and Final Fantasy VIII was my favorite for ages and I only really went back and fully completed it maybe three years ago. I never actually um, like 100%ed it like the first time I played it, I actually rushed through it quite a bit because it was my first game. I just didn't know what what I was getting myself into, essentially. Um, but like they didn't need that. They didn't need the extra the extra bits to make them okay. They had a solid base. Um, Final Fantasy VI is an interesting one though because I do think it's something where people look back with rose tinted glasses a bit. Um, I think that there's great character development there. I think there's some great characters in there, but it's overcrowded significantly. And when I went back to play it uh, recently, there there's like 24 characters in that game or something I, I crazy. I don't think it's quite maybe not 24, that, but... but like there's like just a, an insane amount of of characters that you have to keep hold of and sort of explore. And it's just like, well, okay, that's great, but like, because, like, people have been saying, like, with the Valentine's Day thing, my Valentine's Day video on YouTube, oh, you should have included um, scenes with Celeste and, and Locke. And I'm like, well, there's not many freaking scenes to choose from with Celeste and Locke. I mean, granted, you did get the idea anyway that they were romantic, sort of, like, interested, in, interested each other, yeah. in each other. But the only time that you really have it is when he looks at her at the opera house and his face turns red. It's like, oh, that's a romantic moment. Like, it's just, it's such a, it's such a minuscule moment in comparison to something like Final Fantasy VIII, where and Squall talks to Renoa when she's passed out and yeah. stuff. Like, 
you know, they, that game is very, it's very, um, watered down. Like each of the characters, very characters are very watered down, but I feel like because there's so many of them, there's, there's someone for everyone to latch onto. Well, I think that's something that the older games struggle with in a way, like the, those kinds of scenes, because it's really difficult to convey that kind of stuff. I think with the sprites they had, like the, I don't know, like, I feel like there were some limitations there. But, you know, it's Final Fantasy VI and Final Fantasy XIII, uh, you know, similar creative teams in, to a degree. Like, both Katase uh, was a prominent part of. Obviously, XIII was directed by Toriyama instead. And um, Katase was co-directed with Ito, who looked after the, the gameplay. And obviously, they had Sakaguchi still kind of watching over their shoulders. But, you know, Katase was saying with Final Fantasy VI that he intentionally wanted to make the cast disparate. Like he wanted to make it uh, because in the past they'd had this one focal character and he basically came to the conclusion of if you don't resonate with that one character, you aren't going to like this game. Yeah. So he wanted to make multiple main characters. So that's why there was Edgar and Locke and Celes and Terra because he wanted them all to have some aspect of them that, that maybe you could see in yourself. And by by opening it up to having more variations, like it could be now, oh, there's two female characters that are in leading positions. Never really had that before. Okay, that's great. Like there's more chance that you can find something in each of those. Mm-hmm. Obviously with the guys, like typically used to having guys in, in a prominent position within the games. Uh, but now there's different types of guys. You've got like Edgar, who's the kind of womanizer. You've got Sabin, who's very different. You've got Locke, who's also got a degree of that but he's more of like the rogue kind yeah, of element Zion. like there's obviously different types of people they try to introduce um but and they try to do the same thing with final fantasy 13 but i feel like maybe because like, because in six like there are parts where characters just disappear yeah. like you you're forced to use characters for a certain period of time it's not like the other games where you get like once you accrue a character you can then use them for pretty much the entire game they had segments where no, you can't use Terra in this point. You can't use um, Celes in this point. Like, yeah, there's like a whole sequence where you basically don't use four characters for like ages, like absolutely ages, and it really ticked me off. <laughs> <laughs> but I think with with thirteen, the way they they kind of went wrong was that they didn't make the characters, I guess, di- different enough. Like mm. they all were obviously very distinctly different, but I feel like they didn't have enough time to grow because they all spent too much time I don't know, it's, it's weird like they there's six characters but they, it felt like they all got the same amount of focus and because of that it just became somewhat diluted mm. like the unlike final fantasy 6 where there was like a, a something that tied them together like kefka and the stuff that was going on with the, the gestalian empire and stuff it kind of tied them together you were understanding of that and how it affected each of them individually like they all had different ties to it Terra was obviously enslaved. Celes mm. was the former general. Like Edgar was the kind of the allied country. Yeah. Um, you had Sian, whose country was like massacred. Like they all had their own individual tie to it. Whereas Final Fantasy VI, was, their tie was thirteen. They all, sorry, Final Fantasy thirteen. They all just happened to be in that place at the same time. Yeah, like I know what you mean. Like, I mean, they all kind of had 
So, like, some of them had had the connection with Sarah, obviously, because Vanille had a connection with, obviously, but that Sarah, wasn't an and actual then, connection. and then, yeah, and then she had a connect. Uh, Vanille um, also was uh, there with uh, uh, Zaza's son. What was his name again? Dodge. Dodge. But that was just like a convenience thing. It wasn't like exactly. They didn't, it wasn't like Vanille and Fan's relationship saying. or Sarah and Snow. That's what I'm Snow. saying. Like they just don't. The only thing that they all had in common was that most of them were at the fireworks that night. Really. Yeah. Like. And they all got affected by the purge. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, there isn't really. There wasn't really a something that bonded them together. There wasn't really much of a reason for them to all be together other than the fact that they were at the same place at the same time which is kind of how it somewhat used to be in the original games like those first three that we're talking about where the story was basic super limited it was all all your warriors of light now okay you're chosen but but after that it was always like oh like there's a reason why like if you look at the class of final fantasy 10 titus has a completely different backstory to yuna who has a completely different backstory to oren who has a completely different backstory to riku yeah like they're all connected to Yuna's journey, but in completely different ways. Like yeah. Waka and Lulu are similar, but with different with deviations. Kamari is also similar, but he has the whole stuff with the Ronzo. Riku is connected because of their shared family. Yeah, uh, Yuna like- is really the glue, the glue for most of them to stay together. Um, but yeah, Final Fantasy Thirteen was just not that, and like Final Fantasy no. Fifteen was very similar as well. It's like they're all together because of Noctis, but for all the same reason they're all trying to protect him mm. they don't have like the they're all the un they're all the whacker and the lulus that that's yeah the, and there's only three of them as well yeah and it makes it quite boring in a way yeah because it's like you don't really in a way you don't really care about that backstory because it doesn't no. mean anything no no and i mean like that yeah that's kind of where they went wrong with that like um, I mean, a lot of people when I'm when I've been doing the stream have been saying how much better the game would be if they escaped from if they had the escape from insomnia scene. My thing was that maybe it would have been in, more interesting if Prompto wasn't supposed to be a part of the group. Like I always sort of felt like Prompto was the outsider, and I always sort of felt like if they had done the escape thing, he's just someone who just tagged along with them, but he wasn't meant to be a part of it. And that would have created a nice little tension between him and maybe Gladiolus. And then obviously in the future, they could um, get angry with each other because Prompto is all about like the tourist stuff. And um, really, they had a very serious mission that they were trying to accomplish. Yeah. and like, But they didn't have that kind of conflict. I feel like if this game was made 20 years ago... Um... Like someone like Wescom would have mm. been a playable character. Yeah. Core obviously was originally supposed to be a playable character, but they weren't supposed to. Core wasn't supposed to be part of the party initially. You were going to meet him. He would have a completely different relationship because he's known Nox's dad for a long yeah. time. He's fought Wescom the same thing, fought alongside his father. Mm-hmm. Like they could have added different aspects to the story and the development because Noctis is having his breakdown. Well, the only people he has to talk to are the the, te- the teenagers he's grown up with. Yeah. He doesn't have someone going, calm down, school kids. Like, this is what we're going to do in this situation. Um, but still respectfully, because, you know, that, that does happen in many stories where, you know, there's an older kind of father figure who, uh, like Merlin and Arthur, for example, someone who's there to teach mm. and appreciating the fact that the younger character has the power to change things that they don't. Yeah. 
but helping guide them along the way. Like in a wasn't... way, in a way, I think you're describing Luna. Like Luna had always been fighting for Noctis. The issue was the fact that she didn't really have any scenes with him. She was doing everything behind the scenes. She had like, the book messaging system. I know. Like, she was guiding him. She was always fighting his corner against everybody, against Ravis um, and whatever. And they, they didn't really have that scene where they could um, connect with each other again. And I think that that was also really missing from the game because like yeah if they just had something with um luna sort of passing off to noctis more um instead of uh, i mean well there is one scene where they connect but it's it's kind of like it's a gorgeous scene but i i really feel like there should have been more there um between the two of them because yeah i mean like you just think about how Aerith helped cloud like Aerith had such a big relationship a big like strong bond with cloud and he still does even in the other games like there's still that that spirit there and that should have been there with noctis and luna and they but also it wasn't had, um they also in final fantasy 7 they also had barrett and sid as the kind of the older people who like barrett says horrible <laughs> stuff to cloud when mm-hmm. he's not having a good time and it's just like you know, they they had the different characters and then just give those different dynamics. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, so I don't really know what we're concluding with this, but... Essentially, just that, like, I mean, the older games, they just took more time to work out, uh, to create risks and set stakes a bit better within the games and create tension between the characters so we are saying that the older stories do still very much hold up after time i think if people went back and like if you're listening now and you've come in at 13 or 15 and you haven't gone back and played some of the but actually i'd argue i'd argue to say that seven through ten does it best like i think seven through ten the casts of those games are are pretty freaking good and I mean, granted, where I think that six has it six has really, really strong points, it fails on the fact that I don't give a crap about Gal. I don't give a crap about Gogo. Like these characters don't matter. They shouldn't be in there. They should have been another game, maybe, or another cast. Well, or... I mean, I guess they weren't really put in for story development. They were put in but for they still gameplay had styles. It, but and... they still had it because you have the whole thing with Gal, like me, it was bad. Mi- it was stuff. limited, though. It was very limited, but it was enough to take away from the main or the better characters, the more focal characters in the story. They they were unnecessary. They were filter. Whereas, like, I mean, you know, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because then you think about, like, Realm and, oh, there's just, there's Realm way too Strago. many characters. Mm. There's way too many characters in 6. But yeah, I think 7 through 10 did it best. Okay. So go and play them. Yeah. Now. <laughs> All right, so we've got some news this episode. It's it's kind of limited. There hasn't really been too much going on. Um, but we've got some stuff related to Final Fantasy XV, but not the game specifically. It's uh, kind of the stuff that affects Final Fantasy XV. So the first is that, uh, and Lawrence just put out an ironic cough. It wasn't actually, but I'm saying it was. Um, <laughs> that King's Knight is shutting down. Oh. The game only launched in September. Oh. Like, it's been going just over six months at this yeah. point. And it also, 
you know, it was announced in 2016 and it kept getting delayed. They had to rework the game because of poor feedback. I never even played it. No. I never even touched it. I think Noctis has played it in game more than I have. Yeah, possibly. Well, he has because I haven't played it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's going to be shutting down on the 26th of June. And that basically means that, yeah, like, so Justice Monsters 5 is already gone. King's Knight is is going. Pretty much every one of the every one of the mobile titles related to Final Fantasy 15 with exception of a new empire which is like one of the highest grossing games ever made has shut down so that's where uh, we're at at the moment folks and the other stuff that's related to Final Fantasy 15 is that Tabata now has his own studio so uh, as far as I'm aware Business Division 2 is no longer they have made it into Luminous Productions um, the BD2 recruitment page is gone and everything so yeah, they're now a different studio. So Final Fantasy XV is now officially being developed by Luminous Productions and produced by, or published by Square Enix, mm. as opposed to developed by Square Enix. Yeah, which is really cool. I mean, yeah, I'm happy with it. Yeah. Laura, next one. Um. So the next um thing on the list is that actually... Uh, Naoki Hamaguchi has gone full time into the Final Fantasy VII remake. He's basically been working on Mobius as well as the Final Fantasy VII remake, but obviously now they feel as though his his attention is better suited to just going full pelt on Final Fantasy VII remake. So make of that what you will. Yeah, I mean, I guess um, so. He's he's been replaced on Mobius by Takashi Shiraga. Uh, I guess he was his number two anyway, so he's kind of stepped up. Yeah. And um, I think they said that Hamaguchi's still going to be involved with Mobius, but they haven't really said how. So mm-hmm. it's probably going to be more like an advisory role or something like that. Because yeah. obviously Katase is still the producer on Mobius and the Final Fantasy VII Remake. Um, I'd imagine that Toriyama is going to be involved with the Final Fantasy VII Remake in some shape or form, and he's directing Mobius. Um, so there's it's in the same team, so it's there's going to be collaborations still happening. But... Yeah, obviously, Hamaguchi, they've decided that he's the development lead on Final Fantasy VII Remake, so he needs to really be paying attention to what's going on. Yeah, um, definitely. Well, at least one of them does since Nomura's still on Kingdom Hearts 3. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and lastly, we've got some April Fool's jokes. Uh, actually, the first one kind of antagonized people a lot <laughs> because, you know, there's obviously a lot of people that play Brave Exvius uh, and they tease a 3D version of the game for consoles. Not going to happen. I mean, maybe it's in development, but I think it's highly, highly unlikely. But a lot of people actually got very annoyed about the fact that they announced this because they genuinely do want Aww. a 3D version of the game. Bless like, them. Like, uh, you know, there's, it's it's one of obviously the, the, the four, four now uh, mobile games that people actually like. And, you know, if they were going to make a console version of it, people, I'm sure it would do well. Yeah. Yeah, no, it is kind of mean to dangle that carrot. They could have uh, tried different things. And also it just means that in the future, if they did ever want to do this version, that people may not believe it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> they may have to check the dates. It's like when they, uh, well, this time last year, a new empire released on April Fool's Day and people yeah. didn't want to believe it was true. Yeah. But it was. It was. All right. Uh, next we have some Final Fantasy fourteen. April Fool's. They did two. They did two of them. They went really crazy this year. So, uh, first of all, they put out a trailer for Final Fantasy Magni 14, which uh, included uh, games like uh, Secret of Mana, Saga, and Act Razor. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, it was like, uh, I think it's like five, six minutes long, and they just had the 
a character kind of going through the different games. Yeah. So yeah, it's uh, kind of a nice nostalgia trip for, that, for those guys. And then um, finally, <laughs> which is amazing, and I kind of wish that they would do it anyway, but um, they announced Final Fantasy fourteen Go, which is apparently a parody of uh, Pokemon Go. I, not being a, an avid Pokemon Go player, I actually thought they were doing a parody of the Square Enix mobile Go series. Tomb Raider Go, yeah. I thought they were doing a, a parody of that. Um, but no, it was it is Pokemon Go because they're saying that the mining and the uh, the resource gathering you do in Final Fantasy fourteen you can do it in real life. Hmm. So you can go and find trees and hit your mobile phone against the trees, <laughs> and then you'll get stuff. Um, it's amazing. They made like a custom um, selfie stick that you can use. They've got a guy using it as a fishing rod, and then the phone goes flying. Like yep. it's. It's good. Sounds good to me. But it would be cool if there was like a Final Fantasy version of a of a Pokemon Go game, but I guess they don't have enough monsters. Well, I guess you could. No, you could probably just like go up against Final Fantasy monsters. Well, that's why they did it for resource gathering like Beast Slayer. because that's much more apt. Beast Slayer. Yeah, but I don't really want to throw my phone in a river. Well, you don't have to. You just don't use the uh, selfie <laughs> stick. <laughs> okay. I won't use the selfie stick. All right, so yeah, that's pretty much all the news we've got. So we're going to go on to the music segment now, Ooh. which is from Final Fantasy fifteen, and it's the, and it's an arrangement of Valse di Fantastica, your favorite song by. Well, no, well, <laughs> the Sunlit Waltz is Sunset Waltz is is better, mm. but you know the slower uh, version. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it's performed by Algol the Bard, so it's a kind of a, like a folk version of it, which is quite cool. Hopefully you guys enjoy that. And the next episode of Final Fantasy Union is scheduled to come out on the 17th of April. Be sure to subscribe to Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union on iTunes. And of course, you can catch all our news coverage by Brayden at FinalFantasyUnion.com. Thank you, Brayden. And of course, if you really enjoy what we do, then why not support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash FFKHUnion. And with that, it's time for us to say goodbye. Bye, everyone. And I'm Daryl saying goodbye. This has been a FinalFantasyUnion.com production.